This episode is brought to you by Canada Post. Custom solutions for complex problems brought to you by Canada's address experts. Visit them at canadapost.ca. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We're at episode number 72. We're recording this live right before the Easter Bunny comes. This is Saturday, April 7th, 2012. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv. It's that place you come to, you should be coming to, to find out what's going on in the mobile industry. Not only are we doing video interviews, we're doing podcasts like this one. We're also doing a whole bunch of editorial. It's brand new, brand new. And we're gearing up for Untether.talks which is now confirmed June 26th and 27th in Toronto. Speaking of Toronto, with me as always from that fair city, from the home of the Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto Raptors, and Toronto Maple Leafs, Mr. Asif Khan. Asif, welcome, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Always good to be uh, with my partner in crime, Rob, here, and um, plenty to talk about in the world of location-based marketing, and it's actually good to be in Toronto. I've been away for nine days uh, on the road, three conferences, all sorts of crazy, amazing people, uh, and lots going on in, in location-based marketing, so um, you know, good all around. Well, this it was a good week, and uh, yeah, welcome back. Um, I know that uh, last week you had a great opportunity to spend some time in San Francisco, which is one of the best cities. But you, San Francisco, Chicago, just those two cities, three conferences, two cities. Just those two cities, but uh, yeah, two conferences in San Fran and one in Chicago. So yeah. So so what? Um, any lessons? Any lessons learned? Anything that was uh, stunning? Uh, that came out of this because we talked about the San Francisco, but was it uh, it was where that was kicking off at the beginning of the week, and then you went to Chicago, right? So, was there anything that you want to yeah. kind of impart from these two conferences last week that you're at? You know, I, I think the one thing that uh, I was really pleased about was uh, the Chicago conference was a retail um, conference looking at mobile, uh, mobile payments and commerce and. Um, and obviously, we t we talked about location, and I think I, I was really impressed to see that a lot of these big retailers that were there were all, you know, experimenting and trying things. I mean, and this was the who's who. It was Walgreens and Kroger and Macy's and Express and, you know, you know, all the, all, a lot of big brand retailers were there and, um, and they're all very active. And, and if they're not active, they're at least at the conferences learning about what's coming and what's next and how they're, how they're going to get involved with it. So that's a good sign. It has to be. Retail, you know, certainly retail is, is, the single industry. I was just talking with Doug Stevens, who's a retail prophet, when I was in Toronto this week, and and um, yeah. boy, oh boy, I mean, retail is is uh, poised for disruption like none other, no other industry. We all know that, so it's good that they're at least paying attention. So what uh, what else is coming up? You've got an announcement about an event that's that's happening at the LBMA. Yeah, we have uh, an event uh, for our Toronto chapter uh, that's coming up on April the 18th, um, and that's uh, called Geofencing a Geosocial World, and it's all about how to use the data that comes out of location-based uh, service platforms um, to make better decisions, you know, about where you should be opening that, that next retail store, or, you know, how do we connect with certain people in certain places, or how do we correlate data from one mobile platform with another or, or other uh, other media platforms and, and how do we start to combine data sets 
So it's it's all about the data, and um, I think we're gonna have a great discussion. So if you're in Toronto on the 18th, uh, I obviously encourage you to come out. And the information for that's on our website. And that's done with uh, Canada Post, right? Correct. Yeah. Canada Post is, is the uh, lead sponsor. I yeah. like that. So uh, what we've got here is the 18th of April. Uh, and where is this thing? At KPMG at Bay and Adelaide. So if you're in Toronto, or if you're not, just well, hit up the lbma.com. Click on the events. It's the top event that you got there. It's up on the screen right now. Uh, see if you can show up uh, sponsored by Canada Post. It's great. I'm going to try to make it for that. I think it's this is some of the most interesting stuff that you can you, you get into, it, especially around Canada Post and location-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always want to know how they make it. You know, we want to thank them for uh, being the sponsor for the podcast uh, this month. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate their support. And, um, you know, obviously uh, look forward to working with them uh, in the months to come. Oh, yeah. These guys. Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued to sit down with Canada Post and talk to them about how they look at location-based marketing. And, and uh, I think this is going to be a fascinating episode when we finally queue that up. So, yeah, we really appreciate them coming on and sponsoring. Uh, they are a valuable piece of the Canadian economy. They make things run. So we appreciate that they come on and they've come on and done this. So this week, Asif, we have a uh, packed, packed, packed thing. We've got uh, we got a, a, a couple of four stories here around. I mean, I love this. I love Urban Airship. We're going to be talking about those guys. Talking about Voxio. Shopkick is in the no, no, news again, uh, this time with Exxon, Mobile, um, Foursquare. Come on. There's this whole thing around restaurants that we're going to be talking about because Foursquare is getting into with Delivery.com. We talked about Living Social last week and this takeout industry. Our product of the week, actually our, our interview of the week is with Glancy. Alberto Tretti, I sat down with him, Glancy, uh, a social awareness uh, application, funding news, we got some, you know, unfortunately, some liquidation news, and we've also uh, got a great resource around um, location-based marketing statistics. Shall we kick this off? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right. First story, Scott Gvitin's company, and I love this company, I know you love this company, it's a company called Urban Airship, urbanairship.com. They partner with Meridian. I mean, there's a lot of background stuff here. Do you want to just kick it in and and, uh, and I'll see if I can fill in some details uh, along the way? Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about Urban Airship a lot on, on the show. Uh, these guys are, you know, fantastic uh, push messaging platform uh, service and they partner with Meridian. Meridian was one of the first guys in the sort of indoor location or indoor GPS uh, space. They... Uh, they did some stuff for the uh, American Museum of Natural History. Um, originally, you know, sort of building on top of some Cisco um, uh, hardware um, to to build one of the first indoor GPS uh, apps and, and solutions out there. And uh, they've done a lot since. And so they've they've teamed up with Urban Airship, and they're basically trying to you know provide a sort of an end to end platform here, which is basically you know no matter where you are as a consumer or where you are as a as a merchant you know we can sort of follow the, the location path and and message to you all along the way is kind of where, where where this is going so you know if you're you know um out and about uh, in the shopping mall and um you know you're um you, you know sort of gps uh, aware at that point and uh, and we can push to you you know we can do that obviously in the in the standard way that you would do with foursquare or other things um, through the Urban Airship platform, but once you get indoors, as you know, and uh, many of our audience know, um, GPS doesn't work so good. Um, concrete walls, pillars, all that kind of stuff uh, gets in the way, and so indoor location platforms that use Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or ultrasound or some of those other things uh, are much more um, 
powerful and capable of determining your position. And so, um, so the idea is, is, you know, no matter where the consumer is, we can, we, you know, through the combination of these two companies, we can basically push, push message to them, whether they're inside or outside. Well, I like, I like urban airship. You know, I've always liked Scott. I've always liked what these guys are doing. You know, this contextualized messaging. I think that this is necessary in store is one of the big things or in a building is one of the big things that were, that was missing. Mm -hmm. So Meridian is obviously big, but they announced something at Ware uh, last week as well around, you know, what they were doing with the simple geo. They bought those guys last year. Uh, they mm -hmm. shut it down. They announced that they were shutting it down. So they put out this service now, which is uh, basically contextualized, highly contextualized, uh, push messaging through applications. And, yeah. and this was really interesting. I thought, uh, you know, uh, th you were at where, was this a big, a big announcement? Well, it, the, the announcement came after I had already hopped on a plane to Chicago, <laughs> yeah. but I was obviously fo following very closely the, uh, the Twitter uh, stream uh, connected with all the, all the conversation at where. So yeah, it was, it was a big announcement. I think it got a, a fair bit of coverage uh, in terms of, you know, Twitter traffic and, and, and follow on discussion. So the, the product is called Urban Airship Segments, um, and um, yeah, this is all about you know contextually targeting, as you say, um, mobile audiences by location, time, you know, and a whole bunch of other preferences. So it's it's all about relevancy, right? And we talk about that all the time on uh, on the show. So um, I, you know, I think this is a useful thing, um, and, and whether you're inside or outside, you know, it, it's all about how how much you can target. Well, and and the, uh, what I love about it is that it's even down to the device, right? And it's it's opt in as, right. as Scott was saying in these interviews, but it's it's even down to the device. So it's the device that you're using at that moment, and uh, it's contextualized to that device. So you know, right. there's a propensity to for a, a, lay, a lean back experience uh, with a tablet on a couch. Uh, you might get a different message pushed to you than if you're on the go in the car or in a in a mall. Sure. Uh, you know, there's different incentives that need to be put there. And I think that that's the greatest thing. It's, it's, you know, personalized message one-to-one, -one, but on a mass scale. And I love, you know, this is just the beginning and, and, you know, um, it's just another plane that we're playing on and, uh, context, Scott says it so well, he says that quite literally, uh, location time of day is only the beginning of this. If we're just doing that, it, it, it's not good enough. Um, you have to segment even more down to the device, down to who you are, down to your, I mean, at some point it's going to be down to your propensity to buy certain types of shoes even. Sure. And, uh, it's, it, it's the beginning of this. And I love the fact that urban airship is doing that. So way to go guys. Way to go, Scott. I, you know, I got to I got to plug. I've sat with Scott twice, uh, right around when they announced their 10 billionth uh, message sent. Now that was in January. They're up to 17 billion in a short period of time. Seven billion in a very quick period mm. of time. Uh, but I've sat down with Scott twice, and uh, both interviews are up on Tether.tv if you're interested in understanding. You know, six months ago how they were doing it to now how they're doing it. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. Big fan of what Urban Airship is doing. Yay! All right, second story. Hmm, Voxio launches a location-based services voice app. And this is, I guess, for their uh, voice, uh, their automated voice systems. Yeah, I, this is one I'm, I, I'm really excited about. I think this is uh, this has a lot of potential. Um, and it, it's certainly an area that, you know, I haven't seen a lot yet in. So, um, you know, we talk about innovation. We talk about, you know, what's different uh, all the time. And certainly this is a little bit different to me. So, 
these are guys who've been in the sort of voice, um, you know, IVR systems uh, space for a while. Uh, you know, they've got technology for doing 911 calls and a whole bunch of things like that. Um, and, and so what they're basically saying is, is they've incorporated location data um, or LBS services alongside their sort of existing voice, um, you know, IVR capabilities. And so the idea here is, is that, um, you know, let's say that, you know, you get a phone call and, um, you know, even if it's a marketing call, uh, you get a phone call and, and it's from a marketer that you actually want to talk to or your bank or, or whoever. Um, and, um, and they want to, you know, they need to verify some information about you to, to, you know, make sure you are who you, who, who they need you to be, um, and who you actually are. And so, you know, one of the things, you know, about that is, is that it can automatically pick up in this context now where you are from that phone's perspective. So it can help with fraud issues, you know, credit card, uh, calls, you know, when they, when they call to check, you know, do you actually, did you make that purchase and are you actually in Miami right now? And well, I don't know. Yeah, well, but now you can know, right? Because they they can figure all that out uh, through this kind of you know location technology. So it's really interesting. I think this is this is a, a good combination of technologies. Yeah, I think that uh, you know for fraud fraud detection, uh, it's it's great, and also for something as simple as when you're when you're stuck on the side of a highway, you know, yeah. and uh, pinpointing location, you'll never have to give your location anymore, which which is the best thing. Because I, right. I don't know about you, but I'm completely lost now without a GPS. Uh, directions come in my head and they go out of my head as soon as I don't need them anymore. So yep. this really helps is that I kept on thinking if I was in an accident somewhere here, I would not know where I was. So I think that this is uh, this is great. And, and I know that kind of Ford Sync does this and I know that OnStar does this. And uh, mm -hmm. But I, I really think that what we're talking about, the uh, adding this location layer on top of the IVR systems, I think is, is brilliant. I think it's incredible. Yeah. You can, you know, I think that the first thing it does is alleviate fraud. And I think that that's, that's pretty cool. So good. Voxio doing something, uh, you know, logical, very logical, but we don't see a lot of companies doing this right now. Don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. They were talking about, um, I was reading the, the, the sort of the release in a little more depth and they were talking about potentially combining this down the road with voice biometrics as well. So yeah. you know, that would be cool. Look, look, Location and voice print together for you know even faster authentication uh, of users. So that, I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Gone are the like you would never need a 16-digit um, you know bank card if you're calling your bank anymore because you could say yeah. you know geofence yeah. these four locations and and uh, voice print me and uh, then you can yeah. just do it automatically over voice. And I, it's pretty cool. Well, it's like like the alarm.com stuff we talked about last yeah. week, right? You know, creating those geofences. So now, okay, if I'm outside of those zones, now voice voice geo, uh, voice biometric me, yeah. and you know where I am, and I'm good. God, I love that. Love that. And you'll know because, uh, you know, I keep thinking about uh, home invasions. I, I don't often think hey, about this. Hey, Voxio, call alarm.com. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but if you think, like, you, you know, um, a voice, voice print and location print, uh, really does a lot around like if, if you're under a lot of stress so say something is not right like you're at home and something is not right and this is you know the 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 tone and the and the stress on your voice uh, can be an yeah. indicator that something's wrong and I think that we're getting into that space right now um, for sure and boy okay so sure. before we take this into uh, you know Buck Rogers territory we'll, we'll move on to the third story but uh, Voxio is launching this uh, LBS voice app uh, for their IVR and I, that's very cool Stuff. Okay, calm down. Third story. Shopkick 
Heard of that company, Asif? I have. You know, they partner with this thing called, uh, heard of this company, Exxon Mobil? Yeah, I also heard of them. A um, little bit of gas, a little bit of shopping, location, Shopkick Bucks. That's a big company partnering with uh, with a company like Shopkick. Yeah, um, limited scale, 375 locations, uh, Miami, New York, and D.C. only. Um, I'm not a, you know what? I, I'm not enthused with this one. I got, I got to say, it, it's, wow. um, you know, Shopkick, Shopkick for me is, you know, from the hardware side of it, the technology side of it, you know, is, is a fantastic technology if we're talking big box retail, you know, you know, like big footprint retail. When you're talking now gas station convenience store, I'm not sure we need to triangulate someone's position into, you know, are they standing in front of the Kit Kat or are they standing in front of the, you know, Gatorade? Because, um, cause, you know, the distance from one to the other is about, you know, two and a half feet. So, um, anyways, um, I'm not sure we're going to be running scavenger hunts inside the convenience store. But, you know, if, if we're only talking about verifying that somebody's actually there, which is what I think they're going for here, um, I still have a big stretch on this one, man. I, it, it's uh, I, I think it's it's just another retail partner to add into the uh, into the mix for from a Shopkick perspective. I don't see huge value here for Exxon Mobil, honestly. I, I think that you know you take BP for example. Uh, you know BP's had free Wi-Fi across all of their gas station convenience stores in the U.S. for you know years now. Uh, that's been the draw to get consumers in to the convenience store. It's worked pretty well. Um, you know, every one of these uh, gas station um, chains has some sort of loyalty program uh, already. So I'm not sure we need to layer on the uh, the Shopkick one. N not excited about this one. I don't see any innovation here whatsoever. Um, and I think it's overkill technology-wise for uh, for Exxon. Sorry, guys. Well, those are hard. Like those are harsh words, Asif. I'm sorry. It's okay. You know, uh, it, it is. It's it's just how I feel about it. I I, I like Shopkick. Uh, I, I like the technology. I like the guys. I actually had a you know um, fantastic presentation that was given by uh, Evan uh, Tana over at uh, at the Wear conference. Um, and full applause to what he was talking about because I, what he was talking about is is sort of the future of where Shopkick is going. And and I thought that was amazing. I won't get into all that here, but this this is like you know um, pedestrian. five years ago. Yeah, it's pedestrian. This is five years ago for me, so I'm not I'm not all excited about it. Sorry. Well, I, I think the idea here is that uh, is that it's it's supposed to entice Shopkick loyal loyal Shopkick users into an Exxon uh, gas station, verify your location there, so you get Shopkick bonus bucks to go and spend in other stores like Target and that kind of stuff. So. Uh, you know, they think that this is a this is a way to drive people to that gas station. But last I looked, I don't know about you, like this is I, I guess this is the competitive nature of the gas industry, especially the uh, the pumps, is that it's so freaking expensive now that I'm not picking where I'm going. Other, I'm only picking where I fill my car up based on one thing, and that's the price. I don't care if it's an Exxon yeah. or a Shell or a Texaco or a uh, you know whatever. I don't care. I, I'm, I'm going to the cheapest price because, you know, it cost me a hundred bucks to fill my tank and none of these benefits. Like if I actually check in or I, get, I don't disagree with that. I, I think if you're in Canada, the strategy for the last number of years, which has been the successful one for driving, uh, 
business to your gas station was, you know, put a Tim Hortons in the gas station <laughs> and, and it works. I'm telling you that that works, right? If there's a Tim Hortons there, you have customers, right? And that we're there to get some coffee. Oh, there's gas here. Okay. Well, I guess I did that too. So exactly did that. Yep. That's how it works. So I, I don't know what the equivalent is because I know Tim Hortons isn't all that widespread yet across the U.S. But uh, and I don't know if coffee is the driver, but you know whatever whatever that equally uh, relevant trigger is, that's what you need. But it ain't it ain't this. No. Well, it's also I mean maybe giving discounts on the on the price of the gasoline benefits like that so that you can use shop kickbucks uh, sure. to spend on on a reduction or uh, you know some free gas but that's not part of this deal so I'm with you it's it's a weird one it's definitely a weird one or, or you know or, or just do the uh, you know do do the Amex deal yeah uh, Exxon Mobil yeah. Exxon Mobil do the Amex deal check in here Amex will, will pay five bucks of your gas exactly. simple yes. simple. And then tweet with Amex, and and you'll get another five bucks off or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. Well, Shopkick, yeah, it's pretty lazy, in fact, on Exxon. You're right. I don't like this deal either, Asif. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I wasn't trying to sway. I was just like, hey. No, there's something. Definitely something. I mean, um, I, I think that to lure drivers. You, That's what happens when I get tired. Nine days away. Cranky. I'm drained. Oh yeah. I have very little energy. I'm cranky. Well, that's right. The bunny. You know, the, I'm waiting for that bunny. You know what? It's funny because the roles it's have chocolate. changed. The, Give me some sugar. Rev me up. You know. The roles have changed here, right? I'm trying to support this. You're like, nah, curmudgeon. But, but you know what? I, I, I swear. Right. Here's some advice for uh, for Exxon: lower your prices. I will. I will. I will be a loyal person if you have the cheapest gas in any gas station. I'll drive. I'll drive somewhere to go into an Exxon. Although I don't know, there aren't very many Exxons around me. So, Shopkick right. partners with Exxon Mobil. We don't know why. Shall we put that one to rest? Yeah. Right. Um. Mercifully done. Our last story tonight is about Foursquare. Heard of them? Here's another company. Asif, do you order food for delivery? I do. Asif, would you uh, rely on Foursquare's recommendation to determine where to order your food? Uh, I'm not sure that I would, okay. but anyways. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Foursquare is partnering with delivery.com to do what? I might take a look at the data, but I mean, generally I order from the same places, right, that, that I always order from. So. Uh, I don't tend to change up and uh, vary my ordering all that much. Um, I, I do, I do venture out, you know, when I'm physically going out to eat and try different things. But uh, you know, when I'm ordering, it's pizza, it's it's standard stuff, right? So, you know, whatever. Anyways, um, I'm with you on that though. I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Is that you have your you have your favorites? But what's going on with this delivery and takeout industry? All of a sudden, everybody's focused on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the the restaurant and the you know the the food ordering business uh, you know is, is is certainly heating up. You know, gr you know, we talked about Living Social, you know, dropping out of their uh, uh, instant uh, play last week, and you know, moving into uh, into the restaurant and and uh, ordering side of things. Now we're talking about Foursquare partnering with Delivery dot com. This one's interesting. On, you know, I think on two fronts. One is the, the industry that they're moving to here. Um, the second is is that this concept of you know uh, check-ins in, in a virtual sense, right? Because you know this this is now you're checking into a website while you're you know you know ordering food and making recommendations. Um, you know, and and the interesting thing is if if you're a Foursquare user, 
you don't earn any points for this. You don't get any of the sort of the normal um, credits, so to speak, that you would get. Not that they're they're useful for anything other than you know bragging rights. Um, but uh, you you don't you don't accumulate any of the stuff that you normally accumulate for checking into a real place. Um, so what's the value so then? This is about discovery then, for sure. This is about discovery. It's about data. Is really what this is about. This is about uh, Foursquare getting gaining a whole bunch of data about places um, that they don't have. Because I mean, Delivery.com, you know, is a relatively big uh, service. Right? I mean, these guys, uh, you know, five hundred thousand users, ten thousand merchants, um, you know, something like that. Uh, I was reading. You know, so so pretty sizable. Yep, definitely. And and you know, it, what what makes me. What, may, what makes this interesting is is um, this is this is a big industry, but I don't I don't get the idea of, of checking in uh, other than uh, you know what's what's the benefit to me to check into a to a place that I'm that I'm ordering out from I, you know, and and there's no benefit at all, unless unless they decide that you know the the, the Amex thing I was just talking about you know yeah. previously, you know which which does work. Is is primarily actually on the restaurant side. That's where it, where that MX Foursquare partnership exists, you know, the most. Uh, if they want to extend that to online ordering, okay, n n now I can start to see some value there. So if I've checked into a place online and through Delivery.com, I'm placing an order and I pay for that order online with my MX card and I, I get that five dollar benefit. Okay, now now I can start to to buy into it. Yeah, that that, that might. Be but that hasn't been announced as part of this. By the way, that's just pure speculation on potential value on my part well I mean what is it about uh, obviously this is a big industry delivery but the margins are so slim and and the competition is so high because you do we do have living social moving into their their restaurant piece we have Yelp yep. we have uh, we have now we have uh, foursquare with delivery.com and, and we're, we're gonna be driving I mean Groupon is doing the same thing like you know everybody's driving now focusing exclusively on this battle which is uh, restaurants and takeout restaurants to be exact and Mm -hmm. And uh, it just—it's funny that all of these guys all of a sudden woke up and started, you know, uh, focusing on on the restaurant industry, and and uh, it just seems maybe it seems logical, but uh, within a couple of days, all these announcements and relationships and uh, and partnerships just kind of happened with Living Social and mm -hmm. and uh, with Foursquare and Delivery dot com. Weird. How does it all happen at the same time? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting one. You you got to think that. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of information sharing going around uh, that you know these deals are happening, you know, long before they get it get announced, and uh, you know, lots of people know about them, and competitors know about them, and uh, they're like, you know what, we're not going to be one upped, and uh, you know, Foursquare is working on, or Living Social is working on this right now, and uh, they're going to be announcing it in the next few weeks. We better have something, you know to complement that or to respond, yeah. you know, uh, just as quickly. So that's, that's the only uh, explanation I have for it. But, and, and you can see that. I mean, I think there's a lot of movement consolidation and people moving around from one company to the other and, you know, guys leaving Foursquare or guys leaving this one and going to this one. And um, so, so, so you can understand how easily information can flow. Well, you know, the big one in here was uh, Google, who was indexing all of the uh, menus. I think it was in New York City. They were in indexing all the menus yeah. of the locations in the restaurants. So, you know, I, I see a collision course happening. And, and Foursquare getting involved with Delivery.com is only one piece. And I love Foursquare um, uh, for doing this. Uh, you know, for some reason, there, there might be something here. And it might play with their, you know, save to Foursquare play a little bit later on down the road. But Living Social's right. in there, Google's in there, Yelp's in there, now Foursquare's in there. This is 
there's going to be a collision. Something's going to happen here. They're all fighting for the same space. Interesting. That's why I love this. And somebody, I uh, hope some young upstart startup will come up and completely disrupt this takeout space because we need we need a little bit of uh, of new blood in. Well, and don't forget guys like Grubhub yeah. and all these other guys are there too, right? Yeah. So they're already there and they're well funded. These guys, you yeah, know, huge funding. All right. All right, so those are the four stories. We got Urban Airship uh, with Meridian Voxio launches their location-based service um, over their IVR. Shopkick partners with ExxonMobil. We both give it a thumbs down. And Foursquare partners with Delivery.com. We're like, well, we'll see where that plays out. What do you think about mm-hmm. those? Are those the most important stories you've heard this week? If not, reach out on tethergmail.com or seef at the lbma.com. We would love to hear your stories if you got one. And if I could just, I'm going to throw one little mini story in. Um, you know, this is just more, more, more of sadness. And, and, and maybe this is, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for the funding piece. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it for the funding piece. I'll throw it in there. If it's sad, yeah, I gotta find. I gotta queue up some trumpets or some sad, sad music. Okay. Yeah, it's sad. Those are the four stories. Now, so, that's what we call a teaser, a see Way to go, man. That means that they're going to stick around because they have to hear yeah. about what's going on in the funding. But before we get there, before we get there, I had a really interesting conversation. I had an opportunity, a great opportunity to sit down with the founder or the co-founder of a company called Glancy. That's G-L-A-N-C-E-E.com. And this is a, a company that you, you we've heard a lot about. Uh, their chief competitor in the space is Highlight. I've uh, sat mm-hmm. down with Damien over at Banjo. This is a social awareness and social discovery platform, mobile platform that helps you find out who is around you and then reach out and communicate with those people based on your social sphere, like Facebook or like LinkedIn or yeah. uh, or Twitter. So I had a great chance to sit down with the co-founder. His name is, uh, you know, I, I, I promised him I wouldn't butcher it, Alberto Tretti who is the co-founder of Glancy. Um, and it was a really interesting interview. This is just a segment of that interview. If you're interested in the whole thing, it'll be live um, on Wednesday. And if you're actually watching this sometime later in life, later on, um, it's actually up there on, on tether.tv. But uh, it'll be live Wednesday. I think that's the 11th of April. Um, but please watch this, enjoy this, and then uh, we'll be back on the other side once the interview is done. Here is Alberto Tretti, the co-founder of Glancy. I'm joined today by Alberto Tretti. Alberto, did I do that right? <laughs> Alberto Tretti. Alberto yeah. Tretti, who is the co-founder of a company called Glancy at Glancy.com. That's two E's at the end. Um, and what Glancy does, well, you know what? I'm not even going to try to explain it. I'm just going to give it a synopsis of what this industry is. Alberto, why don't you talk about what a Glancy is? Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, Glancy is very simple. Glancy is a mobile app that lets you meet new people that have uh, something in common with you. And uh, this thing in common could be common uh, friends, it could be similar interests, or maybe you, somebody that went to the same school with you or worked in the same workplace. And uh, we give you this easy way to know wherever you are, to know who are the other Glancy users uh, near you and uh, give you uh, a way to connect with them and start a chat and start a conversation with these people. So it really, really, really is about uh, creating relationships from your social graph ultimately is what it comes down to, isn't it? So it, it's, it all starts from your social graph in a sense that uh, you don't create a Glancy profile, but uh, you simply import all the information you have uh, on other networks. Right now we are focused on Facebook. Um, but then uh, it's, it's about uh, really what's uh, 
right outside of your social network. Um, so not about really your friends, but with the people that may be your friends next, but they're not within your social graph yet. I, I love that because it's it's kind of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, that game that, that you know, I mean, that's absolutely, absolutely. This is that we're really kind of trying to reduce these this six degrees to, to a much lower number, I believe. And technology is amazing for that. It really is. And, and I mean, I played around with Glancy. I love it. You know, I have the advantage or the disadvantage of being in Ottawa, Canada. I know that you guys are based in San Francisco. You're, you're now in Chicago. But um, I have the advantage of it because there are very, you know, um, very few people that are on it, so I can I can test these things without kind of exposing my, my entire social network or, or getting engaged in it completely. Um, but even just typically when I launch a social application, I will get maybe one or t sometimes zero people in my city that are engaged in this. It's, it's a small capital town. Um, but when I launch this, you know, that's what's great about it is it leverages Facebook and people within my radius, all of a sudden people started popping up, populating the people that I don't even know, but it shows that where the ties are between myself and that person. You know, we have this in common. We live in the same city. We have a few friends in common. And, and the goal here is just to spark that kind of conversation. You know, this is, this is really, really, really about, uh, about creating a different way of building relationships, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the interest, interesting thing is that you don't uh, you don't see just uh, all Glance users that are around you, but we show you only the people that we think you may be interested in talking to. Right. So um, you only see people that have something in common, and sometimes it's, some, it's a strong connection, like a mutual friend, or sometimes uh, it's uh, maybe a less strong connection, like uh, this guy is in technology like you, so you, you know, if you're in a coffee shop and you're bored, you can strike a conversation with them. And sometimes uh, people use other signals, like uh, um, you can write a little bio by yourself, so maybe you can tell uh, what, what work you do. And uh, we've seen people that uh, use this information as a, as a way to start building business connections. So let's say you want to talk to the CEO of a certain company and you find a person on, on Glancy and that's a great way to really um, kind of like make yourself uh, uh, available and say, hey, do you, do you want to talk to me if you have time? It's, it's not very invasive, it's very simple. All right, I, I have to ask, I mean, what, what was it that, that attracted you to this space? Why, why get into this? Why try to reshape the way that we meet people? Uh, through mobile, what did you? I mean, where was the? Yeah. Well, you know, when we started uh, Glancy, it was a year and a half ago, and uh, what you see now as being a, a hot trend of these social discovery apps uh, it didn't exist at all. Um, so, basically, we we didn't have any way to know who was around as uh, as we go through um, as as we go about our day. So we had the um, we had this idea that it would be really cool if you could have just if you could just plug your phone and have information about what is surrounding you, not just uh, like Yelp that is about uh, venues and places, but uh, also about the people that are around you. And uh, and you know I'm, I'm foreigner and also my co-founders are are foreigners, so we really experienced the. Uh, the pain of uh, you know, going into a new city, a new university, and uh, having to really rebuild uh, your old social graph. And uh, there is really no easy way other than just 
you know, go to events and start talking to as many people as, as you can. Yeah. But, uh, you know, sometimes you get stuck in conversations with boring people and uh, where <laughs> maybe next to them there is somebody extremely interesting that, uh, that you don't even talk to because uh, maybe you don't have the chance to do that. But uh, so we wanted to create this sort of this tool that is uh, like an augmented reality device that tells you, hey, look, uh, that person... Uh, uh, you could have a good conversation because of these. Uh, that person, uh, you know, is a friend of your girlfriend, and uh, so it give you a, sort of a nice breaker to to meet the pe- interesting people that are near you. And that was Glancy Alberto. Uh, you know, it was a real pleasure to sit down with him. Uh, I love what these guys are doing. I, you know, it's an interesting play, that's for sure. It's certainly topical. And again, these guys uh, were one of those companies that uh, you know, same thing that just. We're talking about the restaurant industries. That they all landed with a similar type of application. Landed at South by Southwest this uh, this this year. Um, you know, it was a grouping of these applications. I gotta ask Asif, uh, is this a is this an industry? Is this like the future of dating, or is this just? Uh, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on what's going on here with Highlight, Glancy, Banjo? This is got obviously just the beginning of this kind of social discovery uh, and friend discovery and acquaintance discovery that's coming down the road. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, I think there's there's two sides to this uh, f- from an opportunity perspective. You know, one is is the one, you know the one that they're exploring right now, which is you know finding like-minded you know, people around uh, around us, uh, you know, um, common interests, all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, I, there's a lot of players emerging in the space. You know, you mentioned them. Intro is another one that we talked about uh, on the show a while back. Um, so, so there's quite a few banjo, you know, that you've already mentioned, um, which is one of my favorites. And um, you know, I, I think this idea of of you know just connecting with a whole bunch of social networks and sucking that data in, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or Foursquare or Facebook or what have you, and then basically surfacing that data to say that you know so and so is near you right now. You know, some of them look, you know only show you people that you know that are near you right now. Others show you, you know, just great on wash that are near you uh, right now. Um, some have different uh, views on privacy than others. Um, so, so I think there's a lot of um, gray uh, area and, um, and confusion at the moment around what this means from a consumer perspective. And I think you know, while they're all growing uh, of some note in terms of user base, I, yeah, I don't really know what the use case is and I don't really know what the revenue model is for for this on the consumer side. You know the other piece of this, and this is sort of the the second piece that I think is is less explored. Is I think all of that type of same thinking applied in a business context, um, at trade shows, at uh, conferences, at you know various other uh, scenarios of, of that note. There's huge value there, and I, I think if, if, for example, if you were to take you know a banjo or or, or a glancy and white label it. Uh, for a major conference, like take for example the the Wear conference, right? Um, let, let's say you know, and they have an app, and most big conferences do. So if you were to you know sort of suck in the functionality of a Glancy or a Banjo um, and embed that into the Wear app uh, as a feature, 
Um, and all of a sudden you could see everywhere, you know, who's around you from the conference and you could get recommendations on, you know, here's 10 people that you must meet based on your LinkedIn profile and other things that we know about you from a recommendation engine perspective. Now it becomes quite useful. It's not just randomly, you know, here's 10 people around you uh, that are near you right now or who have a common interest. But here's 10 people who are actually, you know, potentially business partners for you that you could actually make a lot of money with. Um, I think that's a whole different story. And I think, you know, guys like, you know, like a glance or banjo could actually license, you know, or sell, um, you know, their technology, you know, as a white label service to a number of players. So, so anyways, you know, not to spend too much time on it, but that, that's sort of where my head's at in terms of next steps for some of this. You know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, very astute. I'm just pulling it up. Uh, if you go to glancy.com, uh, slash events, G L A N C E E dot com slash events. Mm-hmm. They have they, they have a similar offering that they're moving into that they've just announced, which is which is that equivalent. I think that events are big. But again, why where's LinkedIn in this thing? This should be yeah. LinkedIn's house and, and uh they're getting stomped on with uh with what these guys are doing, you know, especially in the event side. Glancy has one of these things. So uh, you know, this is this is a mixed a missed opportunity, uh, and maybe this is something that, you, you know, as you said, you you you're picking a horse here, and and highlight really I think turns into a dating application, and maybe Glancy turns into the LinkedIn equivalent uh, or the LinkedIn acquisition. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of our stories uh, in the funding is about Scout, and uh, these guys are the equivalent to that. And and another story that broke this week just around this. Uh, and we all know about this. I'm just pulling it up right now, which is Girls Around Me, which was the creepy side right. of this, uh, the social side, where it, it you know, basically was pulled from the App Store um, because it was it was showing, uh, you know, this is this is information that's available through Foursquare. It's a readily available. Yes. They just put a, a creepy skin on it that said it was called Girls Around Me, which is basically an application that uh, distinguished men from women and showed you any woman who checked in around you creepy so there is a scary side to this and i think that there's a theme through this show uh yeah. from now on forward we talk about scout and we talk about our, our resource of the week where where you just um you know there's good and there's evil sides to this and and we just got to be careful what it is but you know I, I was impressed with uh with alberto i'm impressed with glancy i love banjo we talked about them last week to you know up to here uh huge props for uh, for damien and, and what he's doing over there uh, this is this is again this is an interesting space to be a part of. But when you see things like this, where girls around me, it just kind of it sours this kind of mm-hmm. uh, of, of business. Um, so uh, we're we're going to play this out. But you know, I really enjoyed sitting down with Alberto, and and hopefully you guys enjoy that uh, enjoyed that piece. So that's uh, that's our product. That's our focus for the week. So go to glancy.com, g l a n c e e dot com. It's fun to do. It's fun to be with uh, them. It's funny because I finished the interview and uh, we were talking about the uh, uh, the the actual founder of Glancy, and uh, he he happened to be uh, he was sitting uh, you know one of the co-founders. He was sitting right next to him, and he never got on camera. Was like, you know, so he he just was overseeing what was being said. It was it was fun to anyways. It was fun fun interview. Glancy.com. Should we jump right into the funding then, Asif? Let's do it. All right. The night is getting late. Asif has got his fever's at 107. He's about to pass out. <laughs> He's actually strapped right. into his chair so he doesn't keel over. All right, so three uh, three announcements. Uh, you know, uh, two funding announcements and one unfortunate news, and then of course your teaser, which we will save for the last uh, story here. Um, 
Let's start with the first story, which isn't great, which is a company called Geocentric actually selling its assets. Not not so good. When you hear that, that's not so good. Yeah, no, this is, uh, you know, the first sad, sad story of, of the group uh, today. Um, and um, this is a Finnish company. Um, you know, so geocentric with a so that's geocentric with an S, uh, so uh, S E N T R I C. Um, so they came out on Tuesday and said that they're disposing of all their assets. Uh, they haven't been able to raise any additional funding to continue operations. And uh, yeah, um, you know, this it's unfortunate when you hear these things happen. Um, and, and you know, these are guys who've been around for a little while. Um, you know, the location-based social networking platform um, and um, yeah, so um, if you're trying to get into this business and you might be looking for a uh, a kickstart, you know, here, here's some uh, here's some assets that you might want to pick up. I don't know if there's any patents or anything that comes with it, but uh, you know, there's there's definitely some technology there. So, geocentric out of Finland. It's too bad, and I guess that's geocentric.com, G-E-O-S-E-N-T-R-I-C.com. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, a good pedigree there, but uh, you know we're going to see this. It's the same thing that happened in the in the couponing industry in the in the group buying like Groupon and Living Social. Right. Was that statistic that we had in December that five hundred or six hundred of those types of companies went out of business in the month of December? We're going to start to see that yep. kind of consolidation in the location space and the services because we're quickly accelerating past this space. Right, we are. It, it's leapfrogging on top of each other at, at an incredible rate and. And if you're not keeping up, and if you're not getting the funding, and if you're not thinking about tomorrow, and and um, and you're focusing on catching up today, you're kind of screwed. And uh, it's too bad about geocentric, but it's bound to happen. Bound to happen. Yeah. On a happier. On note, a happier note. The Tap Lab. The Tap Lab. Let's talk about these guys. I like these guys. Dave Basiglia and his team. Yeah. So this is uh, you know these guys that are out of uh, Cambridge, um, Massachusetts. Um, Techstars uh, incubator company, uh, so they raise a little bit of money, about five hundred and fifty thousand seed round. Um, but they've got some big names uh, that are participating in it. Uh, so they got the guys from uh, Harmonix, they got uh, Don Dodge um, uh, from Google, um, Mike Dornbrook from Common Angels, and a few others. So uh, you know th- this. Um, these guys had built built a uh, a thing called Tap City uh, Two, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. It was the last one that they did, yep. um, and so um, you know they obviously want to work on a sequel. And the upcoming, the sequel to that apparently is uh, you're going to be uh, you know the so this this is a gaming company if you, if you're not familiar with them, um, and so they do these sort of role playing type of games and you know lived out in a in, in a sort of real world so to speak. Um, and so the idea here is you know location based gaming. Um, and this time in the upcoming sequel, players, you know, you do jobs uh, at real world places like Starbucks or things like that, and you earn virtual income for doing those jobs. So it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, and I could see it being quite successful. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, 150. I mean, I sat with, um, with Dave uh, Basiglia. When was it? I'm going to pull it up here. Um, last September just when they launched their application and you'll see by the the graphic that you see up on the screen if you're not watching the video you should because there's now vid- reason to watch video other than just looking there at you go. And I. but when I started with Dave he was uh, the average time spent on uh, his game uh, Tap City was 25 minutes a day and I was just astounded by that statistic 25 minutes a day yeah. how do you get people to do that 
And uh, it's it's Dan Dodge that invested in this company, right? Um, from Google. Yeah. What he said was that right. uh, um, I'm going to pull up a quote because I I don't want to I don't want to bastardize it, but uh, I'm going to pull it up here. I'm going to pull it up on the screen here. It's a comment that he made in a TechCrunch article. You're not going to be able to read it on the screen, but what he says is. I have four basic areas I look at when I decide to invest. Mobile, social, location, and games. When I see a company that does two of the four, I'm interested in. I, when, I, when I see a company that does two of the four, I'm interested. When they do three of the four, I'm very interested. When they do all four, I'm in. Tap City is, is, fun, is a fun mobile location game. Tap City 2 adds some social elements. Should be an awesome game when it launches this summer, and that's from Dan Dodge. That's a quote you see on this on the screen right now. That that's a big endorsement for Dave and his team. And uh, you know, I love this. But twenty five minutes, man, twenty five minutes yeah. a day. People would kill for that. I mean, you know, in in, a, in an interaction time in mobile that is measured in seconds, many times over the day, twenty five minutes a day is an insane amount of time. It might not seem like that, but that's like watching a sitcom. It's a lot. Of, it is a lot of time. So. That's TV. You know, when you get into this, that's TV length, and I uh, I love what these guys are doing, and I'm I'm really impressed with uh, with what uh, Tap City is doing, and what Dave and his team are doing. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in a little bit more, I'm going to um, go to Untether.tv, do a search for the Tap Lab, and uh, this is this is an inter interview just when they launched uh, uh, Tap City, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm a big fan of these guys. So they raised half a million dollars. Small amount, especially in this competitive yep. landscape, because um, their competitors are uh, are killing it when it comes to revenue, like income uh, or investment. Like, uh, what was it? We, we Robot Labs, Red Robot Labs, who we have. Red Robot, yeah. And they, they've also got, um, and they raised a ton of money. And uh, $8.5 million, it says here. And uh, Booyah raised $24.5 million. And these guys raised mm -hmm. half a million dollars. But they've got some good pedigree in, in, uh, in some of the investors. So Tap Lab, $550,000. Way, Way to go, Dave. Time to get him back on the show. All right. Second last story in the funding. Um, let's talk about Scout. Here, here's, a, uh, here's another location-based social application focused exclusively on dating pretty much yeah it's all about meeting new people um 22 million bucks this time around oh. expansion capital they're calling it expansion capital uh from uh, our good friends over at, at andreasen horowitz um and uh yeah i mean it seems like andreasen's uh into everything these days uh, or anything big, anyway. So this is uh, you know yet another one. Here's 22 million. Um, these guys are in Facebook. They're in Twitter. They're in a whole bunch of major players. Um, and uh, you know why not have a big play in one of the biggest uh, you know social mobile networks for meeting people? Yes, and Andreessen Horowitz is uh, is everywhere. They are. They're they've certainly covered uh, mobile to a T. And uh, you saw what happened during the web uh, craze, the web dating craze, and mobile just takes that it amps it up. And it's not the creepy way that girls around me does it. This is a opt-in. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's evident from their website when it says, I'll pull it up here. The first word you see on their website is meet new people, flirt, and have fun. Right? They are not yeah. hiding what this application does. No, and uh, and we know that this is a big business, and um, and mobile is going to play an even bigger role uh, in this than than the web did. So Andreessen Horowitz, they are everywhere, man. They are everywhere, 
And uh, Mark Andreessen, I'm coming for you. You will be a guest on Untethered.tv. <laughs> that is it. I will retire right after that. So it can't be too soon. That's the reason I don't want him to have him on, you know, because then I'd have to retire soon. But $22 million is an insane amount of money for this. But uh, good on the scout guys. Good on the scout guys. And it's uh, apparently it's it, they call it better than Facebook. How's that? There you go. Now, so they can be found at uh, scout.com. That's S-K-O-U-T.com. S-K-O-U-T.com. All right, Asif, let's talk some sad news. Book ends with sad news. We'll start with Geocentric, end with... End with Yahoo. Um... <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be like Yahoo? Yahoo. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously Yahoo, uh, I think it's it's well-known, Yahoo came out this week and said that they're laying off 2,000 people. Um, you know, how does that relate to, to this show? Uh, well, for me, one of the things is um, when you look at that layoff and, uh, and what it's going to hit specifically and you dig into it, uh, Yahoo had acquired um, back in 2010 a company called Copral. And we actually talked about Copral way yeah, back when. Yeah. Um, Copral is was a uh, Foursquare-like um, competitor to Foursquare um, in the Indonesian market, and so these guys are, are were based in Jakarta, and um, and you know Yahoo was doing some interesting things with them. And my understanding from sort of digging digging into the uh, you know a little deeper onto the announcement of the 2,000 layoffs that are coming, basically the entire Indonesian Copral team has has been let go. Um, and, and so for me, that that's really sad because you know, I was excited when Yahoo acquired Copral, um, and I thought that you know this is great. This is a great technology acquisition, great people acquisition. They're going to be able to do some amazing things. And at the time, Copral was the number one uh, location platform in the Indonesian market. Foursquare has now surpassed them. I understand uh, in that market. Uh, Yahoo sort of just let it sit there. Um, I spoke to um, uh, a friend at Yahoo recently. Um, while I was in San Francisco, actually, uh, last week, and um, not prior to this announcement coming out, actually, and uh, I was at just you know asking about Copral, and and it was it was it was a uh, not a positive response uh, to say the least, uh, basically indicating that they were, they were shutting it down and tanking it. So very disappointing, very sad, um, but uh, such is life. Yes, and uh, Yahoo, we're great 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 products go to die mm. yeah one of the um one of the things that i also heard about uh, about um yahoo is that they're kind of moving away from search because it's all managed i think it's bing that does their search at yahoo.com i mean this is a company in turmoil obviously and and uh e even though it's been going through a, a ridiculous amount of change over the last couple of years uh their workforce hasn't changed at fourteen thousand people it kind of dipped a little bit but then popped back up to fourteen thousand people which is just over for what they do, it's just an insane amount of people that work for that company. And uh, it's too bad that they take some of the innovative services. But when you are constrained and you're looking at fiscal responsibility, you have to go with what you know. And that's oftentimes uh, jettisoning, jettisoning, jettisoning these products that are not. Uh, yeah. and, and yet the core products, I mean, Yahoo's still around because the core products that these guys have, uh, you know, content that they create and the mail services and. Yeah. All this stuff still generate a ton of revenue uh, for this company. Um, there's no, there's no questioning that. I mean, Yahoo is a successful company. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, it, it's it, it, for some reason though, it just seems that they go out and they acquire. They they're good at identifying 
you know, very interesting and amazing companies with, with great technology and great people. They just don't seem to be able to know what to do with them once they have them and, uh, and, and, to, and take them out and, and, and use them to differentiate, you know, Yahoo in the marketplace and become a major player. Um, so, sounds uh, like sounds like Xerox, right? It's is Yahoo the the uh, this well, you know, at least Xerox was inventing this uh, locally, but they or internally they just couldn't turn it into revenue or monetize or productize. But but Yahoo literally, like, think about the companies that they brought in. They, they've been at the forefront of these things. The same thing with with Google, and they pushed out so much talent, so many products, so many ideas. Uh, that they have never been able to capitalize on, and I think this is great opportunity for entrepreneurs who see who see something like this and think, you know what, uh, this is still a valid service. But uh, Xerox uh, used to do that all the time. They they push out product that, uh, I mean, everything that we use pretty much today is thanks to Xerox yeah. and uh, our, the way we connect to the internet and Ethernet. And so, uh, you know, maybe maybe Yahoo is uh, the outcome of this will be that Copral will uh, uh, will actually live somewhere else. Um, you know, just like Foursquare is, uh, is uh, the outcome of, uh, you know, leaving Google, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows? That's sad, though. All right. I don't know how to recover from this. You should play sad music. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, Geocentric uh, selling all its assets. Yahoo, uh, in essence, uh, laying off 2,000 people, which is should, we should never gloss over. It's, that's bad news for those 2,000 people. It's bad news for the company. Uh, it has a you know has an impact on morale. But also, uh, if it is true that uh, Coprol is uh, no longer going to be there, that's bad for that product. So so much anticipation around what they were going to do with it. Uh, on a good front, Tap the Tap Lab raises uh, half a million dollars in seed funding, and Scout raises twenty-two million dollars. So I'm going to assume that they're hiring. Yeah, you got to think so. they're hiring. So all right, let's finish it off. Asif, before we all fall asleep, and the Easter Bunny knocks on our door and uh, doesn't come by and deliver some candy for our kids. The resource of the week. This is a, an Asaka study that talks about uh, how many people or the percentage of people that use location-based apps on their smartphone. Let's take it away. Yeah, so this was some interesting data. Um, you know, the ICACA uh, put out um, that basically says 58% of American smartphone customers use location-based apps. 58% um, of all uh, smartphone users in America use location-based services. So I think that's a big number. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, the other thing, just to, just to put that in context, um, the Nielsen came out with, with a study a week and a half ago that we didn't talk about on the show that said that, uh, that the split uh, between phones in the U.S. was now 50-50 uh, between smartphone and feature phone. So... Uh, we finally hit that uh, that boundary. So now, fifty eight percent of the smartphone guys are using location based services. So that's I think that's significant. You know, the study goes on to talk about though uh, in great detail the concerns about safety and security and personal information, and and they are quite you know the, the tone of the study was basically saying you know that the, they're not happy about the 58% using location based services because they you know the 58% should be more concerned about their personal safety and and security issues so it's it's uh it, it, i mean it's a um uh, you know this this survey is great it's you know 58% using location based apps but 43% don't read the uh you know the acceptable use policy or the eula 
that, uh, that right. come with these apps. So, uh, you know, and, and uh, everybody's concerned about their security and they're, and they're concerned about their location and whereabouts and the information that is being displayed, but nobody reads the EULA or, you know, they always just accept it. We're, we're conditioned to just accept everything. And, uh, and this gets, yeah. gets us in trouble and then there's a backlash. And, and then there are companies like, you know, like Path that kind of took but, advantage but, of that. But we don't see the drop off of the 58%. Right, yeah. it keeps it keeps going up, right? So, yep. even though you know they're concerned about you know their information, the twenty five percent believe the agreements are are unclear uh, about how their information is being used. Uh, it doesn't seem to stop us from using it because why? We're getting utility out of it that we want. We all have our price. There is a price, exactly. right? We exactly. some of us will take it. I mean, I mean, you and I do this because it's part of what we do every day. We have to stay on top of this stuff and. And uh, so I'm sacrificing a little bit about uh, of my location or of my privacy for knowledge, but somebody's going to sacrifice a little bit of their privacy and their location for a discount, a small discount. Somebody's going to give it away for a latte or to be mayor or whatever it is to to you know uh, to have a coupon or to get to get uh, um, uh, Shopkick bucks, right? Whatever it is, somebody there's a price. Sure. And you have to make that decision. What's your price? And and uh, for some, we're cheap. You and I are cheap. Totally. <laughs> but for some people, uh, you know what? They're not. And I think that those are the holdouts. And and uh, and wait, you know, it's going to take maybe a chance to win a car to get those guys. But there is a price for everybody. And I think that that's the thing that we should remember here is that we're just at the beginning. Um, and we're going to make mistakes. And companies are going to make mistakes. And they're going to recover. Um, but at some point, it's always up to us to decide whether or not we want to give away this information. And it's not so cut and dry as to say, be a part of it or not, but location-based services right now are at that stage where you can choose to participate or not participate. The only difference is, you know, you're eventually going to succumb to something and, uh, and you just got to remember that. It's your choice. There you go. All right. Well, that is it. And, so, you know, and, and baseball season has started. So, you know, what more can we ask for? Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for that. Go Yanks. Yeah, but, you know, Jays two victories, Yanks two losses, Red Sox two losses. Come on, people. Let's go. Tampa Bay Things and the Jays right. in first place. Things are going in the right direction. Man, alive. I, um, I'm very excited about the baseball season. I'm very excited that the Senators are in the playoffs. This is going to be an incredible couple of weeks. Um, in the uh, in the sports world, and um, man, yeah, I love it. Go Yanks, go Yanks, go Jays, but go Yanks. Uh, for you this week, I see. For you in the city, I'm in the city. Good for you. Good for you. And yeah. enjoy this. Um, we are we are going to be back here um, next Sunday for episode number seventy three. Please tune in. If you have any comments, feedback, suggestions, thoughts. Hate mail goes to Asif at Asif at TheLBMA.com. <laughs> Compliments come to me at UntetheredGmail.com. We are in iTunes. Go and subscribe to iTunes. It arrives there first. That is our promise to you. We love the fact that you do that. And if you love this podcast, certainly send us an email, but also rate us a five-star. Give us a good comment on iTunes. It really helps us. And by helping us, you're going to help our sponsor this week, which is, uh, which is Canada Post. We thank them for being a part of this. We thank you guys for watching this. We will see you next week for episode number 73 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Asif, go get some sleep, man. Thanks, and thanks to all our fans and followers. Uh, keep the feedback coming on Twitter and email, and, uh, and thanks to Canada Post as well. Cheers. See you guys next week.